Hello, my lovelies. This is Dan. Just a quick intro to say that we decided to publish this bonus episode from Patreon to the masses, to you, so everyone can listen to it. So you can see what kind of episodes you're going to get on Patreon by only giving us one dollar or one pound a month you can get one of these every month and you can recommend us movies such as this this was a recommendation we do trivia we do like in-depth discussions about cinema and movies so yeah come join us join our little community patreon.com slash i hate your movie patreon.com slash i hate your movie thank you enjoy the episode Hello and welcome to I Hate Your Movie, where we inflict movies onto each other. This week, you inflicted a movie on us. Emily, you did it. Thank you, Emily, for engaging. Yeah, thank you for engaging. We watched From Beyond by Stuart Gordon. What I just pulled out from so deep in my brain. <laughs> Directed by Stuart Gordon, famously the writer of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Really? <laughs> yeah. No way. <laughs> the That's st- going to come up again. <laughs> yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the funny thing is, so this guy is like a real author you know, kind of person. He used to run, like, illegal theaters, showing illegal shows, and they, like, bust him up, you know. Okay. His first movie was a reanimator. He became this movie guy, and he almost made it to big success, where he pitched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to Disney. But apparently he got so mad at the table of negotiations that he refused to direct, because people were just talking about money, 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 this, money, that, and he was just caring about the creative project. And he never works in big movies again. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I really respect this guy. I feel like I'm very similar to him. <laughs> poor. <laughs> poor. Poor and... Poor and unemployed. Poor and unemployed, but, you know, got that spark. <laughs> After my death, they'll love me. So, From Beyond, directed by Stuart Gordon, starring Barbara Crampton. It is Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Coons. Yeah. It's or really Combs. T- Combs. It's, it's really telling that if this was like a big A plus movie release, I would have no idea who these people are. But because <laughs> this is like a B movie and it's in my world, I I know all these people. Margot, who? What? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Johnny D- Deep Deep. <laughs> Rick, what did you think of From Beyond? So my one sentence review. I don't want to be disrespectful to Emily because she might actually like this film. It's a Wish dot com the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the film as well. Okay. And still think that's accurate. <laughs> you know? Yeah, obviously, this film didn't have the largest of budgets, mm-hmm. but, you know, it had the dream. <laughs> yeah, I really like this movie. I've seen it before. To be fair, I enjoyed it mm-hmm. largely. Yeah. I see some bits in it that were questionable. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Thing was, what, 79? 82. 82? Yeah, that's what I remember. So this came out in 86. Mm -hmm. It does very, very much feel like uh, uh, retreading a lot of the same kind of like B-movie horror elements. I think that might be accidental because the thing wasn't popular for a really long time. And I think it's accidental because it's a H.P. Lovecraft and it has the similar elements of just weirdo creatures. Yeah, so this is based on a short story by H.P. Lovecraft. 
it's a really short story. Yes, it is. It, it basically covers the first scene of the movie. By the way, I love H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. I love his writing. It's, well, I love his writing. I don't love him because he was a terrible person. Yeah. I love his cat naming choices. Cat naming choices. Yeah. Did he? What did he name his cats? A racial slur. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't a great person. He was obviously very gay as well, which he didn't admit. Anyway, his writing's spectacular. Yeah. His choice of words is unbelievably magical, much like my dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So from beyond. Yes. Is about uh, Jeffrey Combs and the guy he's helping. They create this machine, the resonator, yep. which helps them stimulate their pineal gland, which is a gland in the brain that's responsible for like sex drive and yeah, basically sexual stuff. Plus, they think it is an extrasensory organ. Yeah, it starts off saying it's basically like the appendix of the brain yeah they say it's completely unused part of the brain but the further the film goes on the more attributes they assign to it retroactively Mm. (laughs) yeah i guess so it all made sense in my head yeah yeah okay and the film starts with jeffrey crumbs turning on this machine and pink lights came on and he sees all these creatures swimming and the idea is that because now he has all these extrasensory abilities he can see these creatures that were always there he just hasn't seen before and that's the, I think the seed of the idea and the Lovecraft as well all these things that's always there we just don't see it it was an interesting choice I'd really like to know if the people who made the color from out of space watched this film because they used the same color mm-hmm. yeah I hate the color out of space the it's, film that's oh yeah, horrible okay it's really funny because as that film came out and i didn't know anything about the film but i read the short story just before it there's no way it's a terrible choice for a hp lovecraft film because it's literally an indescribable color yeah that's the point of the, <laughs> of the story yeah but that's all lovecraft isn't it that's what it boils down to at the end is like undescribable color undescribable monster yeah but you can still like extract a certain like the cthulhu Mm-hmm. thing that he created there's loads and loads of images of that and you can go okay yeah that's Cthulhu that's roughly what he said and that's a horrible monster mm-hmm. something like an undescribable colour mm-hmm. it's impossible like, yeah it's just a bad movie anyway mm. it's just it tries to be one of these kind of movies it just fails on every level back to the film we were actually <laughs> watched <laughs> yeah I think the pink so Reanimator if you watch Reanimator it's a very green movie the way this is like a pink movie it's a pink much like the Barbie movie <laughs> yeah <It's>, yeah <laughs> this would make a great uh, double feature with Barbie <laughs> so basically yeah they turn on this machine and pink light is everywhere and this creature's swimming and everything bites his face bites his face one before of them. that so this guy's writing on his computer and it says ready and my first note after that was he's gonna shrink the kids yeah <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you make that? I don't know. It just looked like a machine, like it's an 80s film, and it looked like a film that would shrink something, and it just, it very much looked like the machine in the back of my mind, because I haven't seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for about 20 years. It just looked in the back of my mind that it was that kind of machine that, it, that shrunk the kids. It might be accidentally, but that's a weird, weird connection to make <laughs> that turned out to be real. Wow. He runs up after he realizes that the machine works. He runs up to his professor, Professor Petorius. Everyone has a silly name in this film. They have the same names as the short story. That's what I thought. That's why I thought it would be like silly. <laughs> That's <what, laughs> Mac Michaels. No one has that name. 
Is it McMichaels? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah she's McMichaels. That's stupid. So he, he runs up to Pretorius. The uh, machine works. He's doing something kinky in his room already. Or he's just undressed. I think he's just undressed in his yeah. room. But there's an implication. We kind of see into the room. And there's like all sorts of sex toys. And oh, I didn't notice that at that point. Yeah. So as Jeffrey Combs runs up the stairs to Pretorius, we see an old Confederate flag. The old style. Not the one usually people associate with the Confederacy. And the Don't Tread on Me poster, which is usually associated with the Proud Boys and, Ooh. you know, right wing knots in America which is like a coiled up snake I thought there was a new thing it's weird to say in this movie I thought it was like a new symbol but I guess not then no people have been dickheads since the beginning of time well that's news to me <laughs> and it's very like in shots I was wondering if he's like trying to say that Pretorius is like a right wing knot or something maybe yeah I know the director is very left wing like illegally left wing okay. <laughs> that's why his uh, theater shows are busted up all the time and yeah the machines work in yeah the eels attack yeah there's a song in my bush it's called eels up inside you eels up inside you find it an entrance where they can pour it through your mind for you tell me for your anus eels eels <laughs> appropriate they go back upstairs and Pretorius turns machine back on which is always good news in yeah. horror films. And they start to freak out. Pretorius is grabbing his head and he says, something's coming. And it cuts to outside. And it's like for some reason, like it seems like gunshots are happening. Yeah, I think that was just a bad effect of just glass shattering. Okay, but it genuinely like gunshots. It was like a proper little circular holes in the wall. Yeah, I think they just shot it with an air gun or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it cuts to the neighbour. And the neighbor's very upset at the loud noises next door. She's on the phone. She's phoning the police. She's got a dog. <laughs> she wants the police to come. And the police hang up on her. So the police aren't coming at this point. I just want to point that out. And the dog runs out the house into Pretorius and Crawford's house. Mm -hmm. And it goes up the stairs to see what's going on. At this point, Crawford comes running out of the house. He's very, he's petrified. With, a, with an axe. I think the implication was that he was like destroying the machine and electricity. Now, I don't really understand what happens next at all because Crawford starts running down the stairs and out of the house. The neighbor then starts screaming, and I don't know why. She's chasing after Crawford, she's hitting him, and then he's running out of the house. At this point, the police show up that weren't going to show up because they hung up on her anyway, and then they see Crawford running, pin him to the car mm -hmm. for no reason other than he's being attacked by this neighbour lady. <laughs> Very much the innocent party in this, but they still just fuck him up anyway. They did hang up, but maybe they were like in a rush to... Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even say, we're on our way. They yeah. just hung up. Yeah. Let's, all right, boys, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I found that funny in that scene where the lady thinks that Crawford is serial killer or something, but as she runs down the stairs, Crawford, like, pushes her away. Is like, yeah. no, I'm running away. <laughs> I like that. And she's like, I, I don't know what to do now. Then you have the intro, the long-ass intro. Yeah, well, it's an older movie. That was good, though. It gave me an opportunity to look up who Jeffrey Combs was. Yeah. Combs. 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 A comb. I actually recognise him from Star Trek. Yeah. As most people do, I assume. He played various Star Trek characters in various Star Trek franchises. I think he just likes shit on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in his contract. <laughs> it's like, I'm not working for you unless you put some crap on my forehead. <laughs> some agent's demands. <laughs> yeah. Him, Barbara Crampton, they're both like these B-movie legends. She's really good in this. She turns from a 
completely mild-mannered psychiatrist to like a sex-crazed rapist. That's how it usually goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where she comes into the film. Yes. We've cut to the psychiatric hospital and Crawford's there as a patient because nobody believes that a creature bit off Pretorius's head, as you wouldn't. And again, it doesn't really click this scene for me because she's supposed to be this expert in schizophrenics mm-hmm. and she's supposed to have lots of dealings with psychotic people and she walks through the psychiatric hospital and she keeps looking in rooms like oh my god i can't believe that person's like that and she looks in the room and the guy's like wanking off and you misunderstood that she was like oh i can't believe how they treat these people right that was the whole thing they were setting up with that doctor she barbara crampton she believes in rehabilitation and the other doctor doesn't and believes in putting people away and Mm -hmm. medicating them catherine dr catherine McMichaels. (laughs) (laughs) McMichaels. <laughs> <laughs> you see how silly that is. Is Lovecraft American? What's his nationality? I don't know. I'm just wondering if he's like a Norwegian or something and he's like, what's Americans are called? <laughs> McMichaels, Pretorius, Bubba. The black oh one is called Bubba. Bubba Brownlee. Bubba Brownlee. Oh my God. It's so bad. <laughs> Do you think Bubba Brownlee was in was in Lovecraft's original? <laughs> he could only dream of such racism in his oh work. Oh my god, it's so bad. Well, Bubba was in Forrest Gump as well, and he was black. Okay. Forrest Gump isn't racist, is it? Oh, Ooh. controversial. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jeffrey Coombs meets Barbara Crampton. And I really like this about this scene, by the way. Catherine McMichael was talking to Crawford. You're a rising star in the science world. You went to the Miskatonic University. What did that mean? Uh, So that's one of the made-up cities in the H.P. Lovecraft kind of universe. Mm -hmm. There's that and there's the Arkham. Yeah, I knew about that. I didn't know about Miskatonic. Almost every H.P. Lovecraft story is completely disconnected from the other. They all share the same kind of universe. Mm-hmm. The original MCU. <laughs> HPU. HPU. Bubba Smash. <laughs> Two thousand years later. Cool. Jeffrey Combs is looks very mentally unwell. He is very mentally unwell because he just saw a horrible thing happen. I think you laughed at this bit where he said he bit off his head like a gingerbread man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was like so seriously delivered, such a silly line. <laughs> he's like, he's giving it his all. He's like yeah. really, really going for it. But it's like such a silly line. It was like a bit of a mm, contrast to it. So clearly he looks insane, but Dr. McMichael's decides to give him a CAT scan anyway. Dr. Block, who is the bad... Dr. Doctor. Block <laughs> Doesn't want to give him... And he's really scared about having a CAT scan. I think the implication was that, yes, he's scared because he's seen some shit, but also his pineal gland has grown, so it's probably actually is messing with his head. Okay. Like, physically. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was already a bit crazy at this point. But yeah, he doesn't want the cat scan. This is where they find out that his penis gland is is growing out of his is growing in his head. His penis gland is growing a tiny skinny dick in his head. Yeah, so his pineal gland is growing and he may not be crazy after all. Shock horror. 
and Dr. McMichaels wants to take him to back to the scene of the trauma to see if she can kind of understand what went wrong with him because like you say she wants to treat him yeah but I think she's at this point eager to check out the experiment itself as well and she thinks there might be some legitimacy to it so she decides to take him back to the scene of the thing and the police don't want to release him either they get assigned Bubba Brown Bubba Brownlee Bubba Brownlee, Ken Forey. Ken Forey, he's also like a big B-movie guy. Yeah? Yeah. He very much seemed a lot more B-movie to me than the others, because the others are pretty good actors. He seemed very of the vein of kind of like Samurai Cop. No. Yeah, his acting was very kind of... I mean, it wasn't as good, and he wasn't given as much, to be fair. But I think he was adequate. Okay. I don't think he was bad. Mm, I don't think it was good. Okay. The others were good. They were given a lot. That's the one thing I don't like about this movie. He doesn't really get changed or he doesn't really get much to do. Other than, I guess, he's kind of the rational guy. Mm. Weirdly enough, my favorite line in this one later, they argue. And then Barbara Crampton is like, this could be a discovery just like so-and-so discovered the amoebas. And he's like... Yeah, but so-and-so wasn't down with the Amoebas. <laughs> and he's right. Yeah, he very much plays the audience. Yeah, I guess so, you yeah. You know, the kind of, that's a stupid idea. Why are you turning the machine back on it? Just tried to kill you. Yeah. Which I think you need in a lot more horror films. Mm-hmm. Someone very vocal of like, this is a bad idea. Well, do you want to know a fun fact? I do, always. The house, the exterior, mm-hmm. is a miniature. Is it? Yeah, it's one of the best effects because you don't notice it. That seems unnecessary. <laughs> they could have just filmed it outside of a house. Maybe they wanted a spooky house. Maybe because of the windows blow out and we see exteriors of that. Maybe. I don't know. And there's lots of shots where you see the house and like there's the dog that runs up to it and thing. And okay. Yeah, it's pretty well done. Oh, don't worry. I'm Sergeant Brownlee, Bubba Brownlee. We used to play football. We're all crazy. What? <laughs> what? Uh, I think that was just a setup that he's, yeah, physically strong and then kind of comes up later. It's not really important, but I guess he's the muscle in the group and he gets to do some muscly things. So now you've got the trio, happy trio. <laughs> For 1986, a surprisingly diverse trio. Yeah. My favorite bit of this as well is like, if you did it today, it would kind of be a little nod, but I don't know if they did it on purpose. It's when McMichaels and Tillingast walk out of the hospital and he shakes Tillingast's hands. Oh, you must be Dr. McMichaels. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, actually, I am. The trio go to the house. They go back to the house where the experiment happened. The gang goes back to the haunted house. Yes. And Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get in the mystery machine. They actually yeah. do get in a van. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <get>. <laughs> yeah. This is like a prequel to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> oh, Scooby is, is the monster. He turns into a dog. Did he turn into a dog? Had kind of. He kind of a goop monster way. But yeah, uh, eventually in my imagined timeline, he turns into a dog. Does Scooby-Doo make noises? Is he the one? Uh, is he the one's going? Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. you, Shaggy. <laughs> that was like some <laughs> demon voice. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Shaggy. <laughs> Fuck you, you cunt. I'm turning into Mr. Bean now. <laughs> Suddenly. And this scene's really funny when they get back to the house because they all go into the, like the lobby of the room. And they all just look around the lobby and they turn around and Tillingast is gone. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, we lost him. Like, you were in the same room. How did you lose your mental patient that you're supposed to be looking after? That was so immediate. <laughs> you're selling it a bit short, all right? That was, that was something else that happened. It is still a bit silly, but uh, Bubba trips over some wires 
And okay. he explains that they wired up and changed the electricity in the whole house. So they wired up everything to this machine. And Bubba and uh, McMichaels are talking. And as they're talking, he slips away. Still. All right. It was a <laughs> bit silly, yeah. I don't know if it was like, because they couldn't afford cameras that did like dark lighting or the cameras weren't good enough that day. But then they start going on about, oh no, we need to find the lights. We need to find the lights. And they're looking around as if everything's really dark. Yeah. But it's a very well lit room. You can clearly see. Like, yeah, everything. hard to tell. But like a scene later, there's a spotlight kind of yeah. section. So I don't think it's the budget. They turn the power on and they're walking upstairs. I wrote this down at the time because I didn't think it made any sense. I didn't think it would come up later in the film. Is This is where Bubba finds porn video oh, yeah. of the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the implication was that the Doctor was probably already like influenced by the resonator and he's mm. already like that's why he's a bit too sex crazed and that's why he's at the beginning he's like turns the machine back on it's like he's already been converted i love the machine by the way but not in a genuine way but in a silly way <laughs> there is a you know that blue orb that's on the center of everything yeah when they like shine light through it it's like a brain model in there <laughs> and it just looks silly it's like a brain in a jar kind of thing and then the resonator the actual active part that works is like these tuning forks yep it's a bit silly but well, that's the resonator that's the point it's i know make noises i know but the tuning forks is the most sensible bit about that whole design <laughs> it reminded me of 60s star trek when the lemon juicer was a spaceship you know like <laughs> it's kind of like that not the last time that a brain's going to be in a jar no. in this, by the way. This must be one of your favorite bits because they've gone up to the top and they found the machine. Talk to me about the outline on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like funny in two ways. First of all, they don't do the NCIS outline ever. That That's just made up for TV. And Is film. it really? Yeah, it's, that, that's, that's not helpful. They got pictures. It doesn't happen. They just made that up for like TV and film. They did a body outline of him, but his head was twisted off. So instead of his head, there's just this like cone shape. <laughs> they just draw over that. <laughs> uh, that was, yeah, that was funny. I think some of the humor in this is intentional. Yeah. Because Stuart Gordon is like, yeah, not, not a regular filmmaker. And he kind of, you know, doesn't take himself too seriously. It doesn't come across in this as much, but but Reanimator is straight up like a horror comedy. Okay. The aliens in this reminded me of Sliver. The film Sliver. I haven't seen Sliver, but Have I know it's a James, James Gunn, right? It's like James Gunn's like first film. Yeah. Well, second film after Scooby-Doo. Well, well... <laughs> <laughs> He wrote lots of other films for a Z movie company called Troma. Right. Like Tromeo and Juliet. Oh. And and things like that. And then there's a like a lovely cooking scene. Yeah. For no good reason. <laughs> so the editing was really awkward around yeah. that part because they are in down in this basement and hard cut to just Bubba just cooping out what looked like cauliflowers. What yeah, I think that? it's like um dumplings oh yeah like they're like stew and dumplings they're giant dumplings though yeah, yeah, yeah and i think the point of that was that they look like brains oh uh, okay. i think that was the idea and we don't see them eat or anything no. they just hard cuts back again to the lab again the story, yeah it just cuts for like a good two minutes of him cooking no it wasn't that long he, he, and he's i think it would be i would give you time to be about to because he's got he walks over to the pot lifts it up takes it back to the thing scoops each one out yeah the scooping what took the most time and then he holds it to the pot and he smells it it's like ah i can't see clearly what the point of that scene is but i think that was a point of that scene 
Like later on, Baba, he throws up. But there's also something with food, but I don't quite see it clearly or what, what it is, you know? It might be just that it looks like a brain and it's like a visual kind of stuff. Right. But there is definitely a thing with food throughout the film. Not as much as sex, like a bee theme. Like when Jeffrey Combs at the end goes around and he tries to eat something, he just <laughs> throws it up immediately. Super awkwardly edited. <laughs> it's just, it's then now so much in a bad way. So then again, like straight after that as well, though, there's another scene where Bubba's talking to Crawford and... This is where you kind of learn a bit more about Pretorius. Crawford is talking to Bubba and he's like, every night I heard them guys fucking, they all, women came around for fine wines and fine food and end up screaming, always screaming. And I just sat there and listened. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Can't tell if this movie is pro or anti-perversion. Anti-BDSM or pro-BDSM. Yeah, it's kind of like on the line where I could see either way. They have the brilliant idea to turn the machine back on. Yeah, maybe she was on the fence whether it's real or not. And she later on explains her backstory, which is her father was schizophrenic. Yep. And then she always wanted to know what happened. So, you know, she has that extra personal gain in this. She comes in with the ultimate goal of trying to cure schizophrenia. Yeah. But then everything goes wrong. I really like the idea of, yeah, what if this mental disorder was not actually a disorder, but like some extra sensory thing where <laughs> like people actually see things that are real. That's like a really creepy idea. Yeah. This is where we meet Pretorius again. Turns out Pretorius hasn't died. He has been absorbed by the evil force. And now he seems to be able to manipulate his cells at will and he can transform tentacles, come out of his mm-hmm. face and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And the more it goes on, the more he kind of becomes this gelatinous... Yeah, it becomes the thing from Wish.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I like the practical special effects in this. Yeah, it's more hit and miss in this than the thing. Yeah, but for sure. For sure, but for a low-budget movie, it's great. Absolutely. They did very well with what they had. They didn't spare any gelatinous goo. No. They put all the gelatinous goo they, on the people. They have clearly emptied out every local <laughs> supermarket of lube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's genuinely gross looking, so... Yeah, it, it definitely worked. So this is where they turn off the machine and Bubba froze up. Yeah. Do, do you want to talk about our viewing experience of this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we watched this on Freevee. It's the version of Amazon Prime that's with ads, Freevee ads. And so as soon as Bubba throws up, there was an ad for Big Mac. <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> ad Big comes Mac. on the screen. <laughs> it should have been the other way around. That would have been even more perfect if there was an ad of Big Mac and then he throws up. <laughs> there was a Samsung ad as well. They talk about, it's in your head. <laughs> of course, they've survived the first experiment. They're all talking about it. Everyone survived. Bubba, again, is that audience perspective. He's like, right, we've seen it. He's not crazy. Yeah. Job done. Let's go. Crawford's still scared, sitting in a corner. But McMichaels is insisting they turn it on again. Mm-hmm. They give it another go and see what's what. Because that always ends well. Yeah. I feel like Bubba, the weak character in this, because I feel like in a better script, he would be the main guy and his rationality would help him survive for longer. Mm -hmm. That's one of my problems with this movie. At this point, my note says the story is very Lovecraftian. (laughs) 
they have really stuck to kind of like the way he writes and the way the story continues most of his stories are short stories but there are some pretty long ones in there with like multiple chapters and it does kind of follow that vibe all the way through if you're reading it you very get a very good sense of yes this is Lovecraftian but the second you step away from it you can't really explain it okay I was gonna just ask how do you explain that <laughs> but I guess you can't is it the element of this otherworldly mystery yes yeah, otherworldly mystery the very much the unknown there's always someone who wants to investigate it and push it further the only thing this film was missing that you have in most Lovecraftian stories is there's usually like an underground cult that follows the ancient demons mm. or the the mysterious voices mm. there's usually someone in the know or at least they think they are for a while watching if you've asked me I'd have been able to kind of explain it but now I've stepped away I'm like it's like <laughs> You kind of go into this Lovecraftian trance mm-hmm. that takes you through a story cool. like this. I was sure you'd hate this movie. Yeah. Because it's horror and it's horny. And <laughs> there's two, it, thing, two things I know you hate. Yeah, the horny bit kind of, again, socially awkward, but, you know, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> What I wrote next was, she wants to turn on the machine. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the bit I was saying about earlier. Right, so there is a scene, Jeffrey Combs... I think he's asleep but you do see it looks like he's got a normal forehead but something does kind of yeah. poke its way out of it yeah just for like that one scene mm-hmm. okay good it wasn't yeah. just me oh no i did see that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, because i've seen this movie before i thought that happens way earlier in my head for some reason the the skinny dick that comes out of his forehead <laughs> penis gland the penis gland <laughs> <laughs> because there's such a strong image for me connected to this movie mm-hmm. I for some reason imagine it happening way early on but I guess not you, you make sense because it happens quite so late in the film kind of like wanted to rewatch it and mm-hmm. see if it had happened earlier but mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed yeah he not only he had the little pulses on his forehead he had like redness on his forehead okay. before constantly well that could be just from because when they turn on the machine they rub their forehead it's like oh it hurts oh, I see. Uh, that could be from that but I feel like if they do multiple takes that would stay on so i think that's a intentional choice yeah so they turn on the machine again and obviously last time it was very controlled it was very you know they managed to turn it off because they just kind of went into it a little bit uh this time everything starts going horribly wrong because wayun no i've written wayun because crawford and mcmichaels start making out they get distracted and yeah. they start making out in front of the machine and that gives Pretorius chance to nab the girl. Yes. I didn't really get like okay so ignoring the fact that he rips her dress off and starts funneling her. I didn't understand why Crawford's standing next to the handle and Pretorius tells him not to flip the switch because he it's kind of like a standoff where he might kill the girl if he flips the switch that kind of thing. But so he doesn't have time to flip the switch, but he does have time to run down the stairs into the basement, fight a monster. <laughs> <laughs> and then pull the thing from the wall. I don't think it was time. I think it was because Pretorius had McMichael's Barbara Crampton. So the implication was that he would snap her neck or something like that. Yeah. Or take her over or something. And maybe that it was that if they turn on the machine that he could just turn it back on again and the same thing would But that's happen. not established yet because they voluntarily turned the machine on at this point. Okay. I thought I thought it would be something like but that. But in the like half a second second it would have taken to just pull out the mm-hmm. handle because you don't need to put it all the way down. You just need to disconnect it from the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you just pull out the handle and it's done. So why would he snap her neck if he in the half a second he reached for the handle? If he's going to do that, why would he then let him leave the room, <laughs> run downstairs, go to the basement? 
blah 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 blah. Bubba runs into him like yeah. Bubba's in running the speedo, up the speedo where we can see yeah. everything. You can actually see his dick yeah. through them speedos. You can see his urethra. <laughs> <laughs> so tight. So they run down to the basement. There's the worm from Dune down there. <laughs> <laughs> the worm from Dune eats Wayun. Uh, he's halfway through eating. Crawford. Oh fucking hell. The, <laughs> the creature from Dune eats Crawford. Halfway eats Crawford. At the same time, McMichaels is upstairs getting fondled, and Bubba manages to pull the electric cable from the wall, which of course makes everything reset. All the yeah. monsters disappear. Crawford is now bald for special effects reasons. Well, yes. <laughs> well, the creature was eating his face. You know, he also lost weight. Do you notice that? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he kind of looked like Voldemort at, at the end of. Uh, at the end of the Harry Potter, when they go into the afterlife, and Voldemort is just like that, in like a embryo pose. Whatever. I don't remember that. I only remember it from memes. <laughs> yeah. So Crawford is bald. He's unwell as well. So he's gonna. He's lying in bed. They put him in bed. Obviously, they put him in bed in the BDSM room because why wouldn't you? How many rooms are there? <laughs> it's quite a few. I mean, he he lived in that house. He has his own bedroom. That's true. <laughs> Well, someone, Bubba needs that room. <laughs> Bubba's not going to look at BDSM stuff. It's too weirded out. Yeah, they're in the BDSM room. And McMichaels discovers her kinky side. Yeah, this is where a lot of transformation happens. From a mild-mannered psychiatrist to sex freak. Yeah, this is where she rapes uh, Crawford. Well, she starts to. Yeah. She's under the sheets. Yeah. She climbs on, on the sheets. But there is a lovely scene where she reaches under the sheets touches his dick and then licks her fingers yeah, clean, yeah, yeah. which just makes me feel sick inside <laughs> a little bit yeah i think even if you're into dicks that's a bit gross especially like how long was it since he showered yeah Ugh. it's been in there <laughs> and he's been around goop monsters <laughs> so while she's doing all of that bubba's trying to get everyone to leave the house again the sensible thing when he tells her they're leaving she's in normal clothes and she's like i'm we're leaving. I'll take you like that if I have to. He comes back and she's wearing like full Demonatrix gear. By the way, this is what I wanted to say while we're watching the film. Like, why does Pretorius have a female Dominatrix outfit in his closet in McMichael's size? Uh, well, you're a fun police now. Like, come on. It's just a whatever. Come okay, on. Well, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. It's just, it doesn't matter. Stop being such a fun police. Because even the lady in the video earlier in the thing yeah. is not McMichaels' size. No. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that bugged me, which is, you know, more interesting, I think, <laughs> but this, like, nitpicky bullshit, um, which is, like, why isn't she into Bubba? And there was, like, a clear distinction. I don't know, but, like, if you're horny, if your horniness goes up by a thousand percent, surely you'd be, like... My understanding was that because Crawford's further along in the whole being mesmerized by the machine and the universe behind the universe, that they would naturally pair up because they're both heading that way, mm. whereas Bubba's very anti that, so mm -hmm. he's less likely to be yeah. kind of enticed. That that scene is stuck out because I feel like she should have gone like, oh, join us or something. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was expecting yeah. as well. Yeah, but she's not. She kind of turned off immediately. And then there's this bit like 
Bubba grabs her and he goes, is this what you want to be? Is this what you want? And he turns around and just focuses on the giant mirror that's appeared <laughs> on the wall. Well, I mean, you know what that is, right? I don't know what that is. Oh, my God. <laughs> is, it, is it sex lessons it's with a, Daniel, yeah. Daniel Prim? <laughs> it's time to learn from, <laughs> learn about the <laughs> flowers and the bees or whatever. The birds and the bees. It's time to learn about the birds and the bees with Rick Evans. So that's a, that's a regular kind of pervert thing is yeah have the ceiling mirror and then look look at yourself having sex in the mirror. Yeah, this is a regular thing. It okay. is, yeah. I mean, well, uh, luckily I've never seen one. <laughs> so I've never been around someone's house and being like, oh look, there's a big mirror on the wall. Yeah, Wonder don't what that's for. Don't look up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so innocent. This is like a full size a wall mirror. It's like the size of a door. Yeah, well, hanging off the wall. That's how much Pretorius was kinky. <laughs> you, can, you can tell how kinky someone is by the size of the mirror yeah. on their bedroom wall. Yeah, by the square inch of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> you can calculate the kinkiness of someone. Every inch counts. <laughs> of mirror. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that goes badly for everyone. Bubba's trying to get them all out of the building. At this point, it's now that the machine turns itself on. <laughs> get it? <laughs> they now have to find a way to shut the machine off not just like by pulling wires out because that doesn't work anymore because it just everything connects again but they've got to find something else and they all run upstairs Bubba gets an axe chops through the wires that doesn't work the electric still works the electric special effects should have bothered me by the way but they didn't it just it was very of its time and I can accept that yeah if it yeah, I mean, uh, yeah just about it was kind of like uh, Back to the Future lightning yeah. So very, very bright. And turns out that you can hit it with an axe, you can submerge it in, like, water in a basement, you can throw bricks at it or whatever, but Achilles' heel for evil machines is a fire extinguisher. Yeah, because it was a hot, horny machine and you needed to cool it down. <laughs> if you're horny and you take a, a cold shower, it does the job. It makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> While this is happening, we see the penis gland come out of, yeah. out of Crawford's head. Cut to the hospital and Crawford's on the... It's really annoying because I've put Wayoon on all of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Crawford is on the operating table and his pineal gland is <laughs> like coming in and out of his head yeah. and dr block dr cock block <laughs> doesn't like his pineal gland being out so she well, she's you'd be you'd be freaked out as well like you're operating on someone and then the little skinny dick comes out <laughs> someone's forehead and, and it was actually cute it was like sniffing around and like looking around as you don't think she was freaked out enough by this thing that was coming out of his head yeah this is where one problem for me in the movie comes up which is at this point, they should start to believe them. Yeah. Like, totally. Like, the whole story checks out. Skinny dick <laughs> comes out of someone's forehead. That should be enough for you. But instead of believing her, Dr. Cockblock decides instead to give McMichael's electroshock therapy. Yeah. Just out of spite. By out of spite and, like, in such a hurry. That was yeah. Like, uh, put her in a five. It was like, no test, no nothing. It's just, <laughs> just straight to electroshock. Electrocute the bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, their feud was, you know, established. But still interesting. Like, surely, I know it was the 80s, but surely that was some, like, procedural thing. Probably, well, I guess the nurse... probably less procedure. Maybe. But the nurse tries to speak up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think even she says, like you say, like, there's procedures in place. And the doctor blocks, like, no, nah, I don't care. Yeah. Doctor block. Don't block this procedure. <laughs> While this is happening, 
the one guard that's blocking that's Crawford's room. He takes a walk. He decides no, to go she... chat up the nurse at the yeah, nurse's station. But that's yeah, but that's come on. That's in the theme of <laughs> everyone's horny all the time. Crawford at this point is guided by his pineal gland. <laughs> yeah. Find some food on the table, eats the food that's on the leftovers, doesn't like it, spits it out, starts wandering the hospital, uh, wanders into a room. Luckily for him, because he wants to eat brains, there's a brain in a jar on the floor. Well, his pineal gland senses what he wants to eat, which is a brain. Yeah. There's lots of little jars and buckets and stuff. Yeah. Do you think if you walked into a pathology lab in a hospital, you'd just find a brain in a jar on the floor? I guess not on the floor, but maybe. <laughs> Guys only want one thing. But <laughs> brain in just To eat brains and, you know, they're only guided by one thing, is the skinny dick pineal, pineal gland. Uh, this boy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets a taste for it. Yeah. He loves, he's starting to love love the brains at the minute. I think that scene should be more gross than yeah. it was because it's very zoomed out. Yeah. And you can't really see it's a brain. You kind of just like... Yeah. It kind of just looks like a pink mass. It took me a while to figure out it was a brain. Yeah. Especially from... Because you see it from his point of view through this kind of like... Oh, that filter. Yeah, yeah, the weird feels like the predator filter. Yeah. Yeah, that's so outdated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think there should have been more gross. Yeah. And he doesn't really have much blood or anything in him. I'd have liked to see like a really close up of him like holding the brain with two hands. Mm-hmm. Kind of zombie. By the end, I guess uh, later on he has like a streak, but not then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he... Block finds him and he starts sucking people's brains through their eyes. Yeah, as you do. They find the rest of the hospital staff. They start to panic. They find Block. You don't see them find Block, but you kind of goes back to McMichael's room and she's strapped to a table about to have electroshock therapy and the doctor comes in. Oh, we need help. We need to find this guy. Lock her in a room if you have to. And then everyone leaves. And the doctor that's about to give the lady electroshock therapy decides, no, I'm not going to leave her here firmly strapped to a table where she can't escape. I'm going to let her go. I'm going to unwrap all of her straps and then just lock the room just a little bit. <laughs> that's his plan. And obviously, oh, my God, like he unstraps her arm and bam, he gets it in the head. <laughs> Again, I think you're nitpicking a little bit because it's unstrap the mental patient. Unstrap a mansion, but he was supposed to escort her to a room that's lockable. There you go. That's what they tell him. And what should have happened, I think, is there should have been a guard there, but because there was chaos happening, the guards were everywhere and they were, like, busy. (laughs) The guards were busy. They were busy looking for the penis man. The penis man. (laughs) She escapes. And so Crawford sees her escape. Crawford sees her taking the mystery machine, the mystery (laughs) van. At the same time, an ambulance comes in. They have a homeless man strapped to a gurney. And this is another funny bit as well, because one of the ambulance drivers walks off, gets attacked by Crawford, and the other ambulance driver walks around the corner. And at this point, the person's lying on the floor with their eye out, and they can see that, right? They can see this guy on the floor and they're like, Jeff, are you okay? <laughs> and then it cuts to Jeff and he's sitting there with his eye out on the floor. I don't think Jeff's okay, love. And honestly, I don't think he's all right. I think he's having some problems. <laughs> Jeff, your eye falling out again. <laughs> Do you want any help? <laughs> Crawford then comes and attacks the second ambulance lady. 
and drives off in the ambulance to the house. The house, by the way, as they park up, the house is on Benevolent Street. Yeah, is that another Lovecraft thing? I don't know. Because it feels like it, it should It does be. feel like it is, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's in the story. Otherwise, it's really silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After this, I'm going to go and read the short story. I'm going to try and find it on my... Because um, I've got... There's a collection of his stories called The Necronomicon, mm-hmm. which I, I'm not sure if, like, Evil Dead stole or its name. But Evil Dead is also from Lovecraft. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's probably the loosest adaptation. Mm. But yeah, it is. Yeah. There's like three different parts where this film could have ended. Like it could have ended after the second attack in the house. It could have ended after the machine turns itself back on and they stop it for a third time. It could have ended in the hospital when they escape. And it could have ended like when they got to the house and they could have destroyed the machine and be done with it. I disagree. I think it's a nicely paced short movie. It's just an hour and a half. Yeah. I suppose you kind of have to justify its runtime, but it does feel like they kind of wrote a script, got to the end, and they're like, yeah, we're done. What? I need another 10 minutes. Okay, fine. Uh, There you go, done. Another 10 minutes? Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't feel like that. Okay. I feel like the ending was... Not that the ending was super satisfying, but I think that was the most satisfying ending they could have come up with based on the situation they set up. It is a very Lovecraftian ending. Yeah. Nearly all of the stories that I've read end in this kind of like, what's wrong with the world is still out there. Mm -hmm. You just can't see or sense it. And it could come back again sometime if someone finds out how. Yeah. And the machine turned itself off and Bubba gets eaten by flies. Yeah, that was a weird scene. It didn't make sense either because what was with the torch? So the torch was... I'm not sure why he pulled it out to begin with. Yeah. But wherever he put the light, the creatures followed. He chined it on Crawford. They flew away. No, it went on them. No? Because what made them go away then? What made them go away is he drops the torch and the torch accidentally lights on him and bugs eat him. Yeah. Or grey pellets that someone's just shaking up. <laughs> That's some of the lamest effects when yeah. you see that close. It's just like the bugs are just little grey pellets that clearly just someone's shaking from above. And then I really liked he becomes like a dollar store poundland white skeleton basically <laughs> with a human head. McMichaels is back at the house and it's a good thing as well she's back at the house and luckily for her there was an Acme Dynamite store on the way yeah. to the on the way back to the house because she yeah. stopped off at the Acme Dyn- Dynamite store. She's bought some dynamite. She's bought a timer. Now she's back at the house. Yeah, that came out <laughs> just just nowhere. Like I can't even I can't even justify that one in any way, shape, or form. Because she gets back to the house at the same time Crawford gets back, so they've clearly left at the same time. She stopped for dynamite, and he stopped to have a wank. That's taken the same amount of time, and now they're back to the house together. <laughs> was the time they're at the same store? Is it like a it's buy it. one, get one for free? <laughs> Comical 24 style timer. <laughs> the infinite timer, where the seconds do not work. Dragon Ball Z timer. <laughs> 10 more seconds. <laughs> Four episodes later. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, next episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was just silly. Keeps flipping between the two. That's the thing. It's like there's 30 seconds left and there's a solid like minute or two of action. Yeah. And then it goes back and it's like 17 seconds yeah. left. There's a fight between Crawford, Pretorius, McMichaels and at some point in there, McMichaels bites off Crawford's head dick. Yeah, that hurt. 
Yeah. I don't want my head dick to be bitten off. This, this scene features some of my favorite special effects. And by favorite, I mean the worst. <laughs> Pretorius eats Crawford. And then Crawford fights from the inside. Yep. And then what happens? He pulls Pretorius's head to his stomach. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to Barbara Crampton on chaining herself or whatever. I'm not sure what happened there. But in the background, it's supposed to show that he's like struggling. And what that entail is the empty suit of the creature <laughs> just jiggling on wires. <laughs> and the cheap effect of the close-ups on Pretorius mm-hmm. when he's like, they, cut, <laughs> they conveniently cut him off at the chin so you can't see that he's normal. <laughs> That's not the worst special effects in this film, though. Out of nowhere... And for no good reason whatsoever, when Crawford's running down the stairs, there's this strange CGI bat. There wasn't CGI. There wasn't CGI, yeah. And if they were, they couldn't afford it. <laughs> there was. It was, yeah. No, it was a puppet, but it was also on a blue or green screen. Oh, uh, okay. And later on projected in the image of the thing. You can see like a very thick black outline. Uh, okay. Still, it was awful. Oh, yeah. Completely um, unnecessary. It, it was unnecessary, and barely see anyway. Yeah. Could have been cut out. At this point, McMichaels is chained up. Earlier in the scene, Crawford's chained her into the BDSM thing, and the snakes start helping her. They bite her oh, yeah. arm restraints, and they release her. They don't help her. It's established earlier that they sense motion. Okay. So she started jiggling her hand. And they start biting at her wrist and the hand. Okay. And that's how she gets released. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's actually quite clever. Yeah. I thought it was like some weird other dimensional, they've decided they don't want to release the big bad kind of thing. No. After that, she moves very carefully. And then, you know, she takes out the... The matches. The matches. And that's also like a movement plus light. They established with the flashlight that they respond to light as well right okay so for them as a distraction right i thought she was trying to burn the place down because <laughs> okay. the dynamite wasn't enough <laughs> no that was very clever actually yeah that is very clever i didn't get that at all so she runs upstairs and the magical timer is on three seconds <laughs> and actually goes three two one and she decides she's gonna jump out the window yeah i thought that was gonna be like some cool action thing <laughs> she's like walks away and you know <laughs> no no, because her, her knee is fully sticking out of her fucking... <laughs> yeah. Talk about, like, you know, there's penial glands, there's gross people pulling their faces off, there's <laughs> there's gross goop monsters. But the grossest thing in this movie is she's just lying on the ground and her kneecap is yeah. just off the floor. And oh, yeah. Oh. It's, yeah, it's really grim. It's proper... It proper looks real at that point. It does. And... Yeah. And what's funny is the neighbours are just standing around like, what? Mm? Mm. <laughs> just staring at her. Yeah. So one of the neighbours says, she called the fire department, they'll take you to the hospital. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like that might be a better option to take someone to the hospital, but I'm not sure. I mean, there's a perfectly good ambulance sitting outside <laughs> yeah, the house. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. It ends with her starting to cry and scream, but it turns into like a laugh scream. Yeah. She's great. The implication is that she's now gone insane and she will spend the rest of her life in, in mental institutions. Because yeah. that's, a, again, that's a very Lovecraftian ending where all of the protagonists go insane mm. and no one believes them. But actually, they were right. And there's this very hidden evil mm-hmm. around the world. There we go. And that was From Beyond by 
Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon. I'm surprised how much you like this film. I'm surprised how much I like this film. I think, I'm not sure if I would have liked this film as much if I hadn't already seen The Thing. Mm. The Thing led me to like practical special effects, which I really enjoyed, which makes me a lot more open to worse practical mm-hmm. special effects. That's interesting. I love this movie, even with its all silliness and its, all its faults. It's an interesting premise, especially the schizophrenics are not uh, mentally unwell. They are actually seeing things. That's like a creepy idea to me. Yeah. I love all the performances, even Ken Forey. It's a very lovingly made film. I clearly worked hard on Yeah, awesome. What would you give it out of 10? Oh my god. I'd, I'd struggle to go high, because even though I did enjoy it, it is still not a film that... I would choose to watch. I'd probably just th- still give it like a four out of ten. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I was want to ask you, like, with this out of ten, do you put your enjoyment or how good it is, or how it? good it is? My enjoyment. Your enjoyment. Because yeah, that's then for me, it is an eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I really okay. like this film. Maybe like it comes down to as well, not just my enjoyment, but like a percentage of which I would recommend it. Okay. For me, the kind of contrast is how much I enjoy it and how I can technically say it's good. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like a lot of these kind of movies, so I'm going to enjoy them. But I know there's technical problems and not all of it makes sense, but whatever. I like I like it. Cool. We're going to watch Reanimator next, where Barbara Crampton gets eaten out by a severed head. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. No, okay. no, not unless it's in the bag and it comes next. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm wondering like how many patrons have actually put stuff in this bag and how yeah. much is just your evilness. I'm quickly just filling the bag. <laughs> right, that's bag time. Bag time. Rob, yeah. Rise of the Foot Soldier. Oh, God. Marbella. Yeah, this is the pick I was, other than Sausage Party. <laughs> this is the pick I was worried about the most. Okay. Because there's one thing to, I don't know, if it's like an action series, I've never heard of that's really worrying. Okay. Oh, God. So the original has Vinnie Jones in it. It's, you can buy the five movie collection. Whoa. (laughs) But why would you want to? For only $14.79. Do you think that five movie collection is in just being sold from someone's grandma's basement <laughs> and then Vinnie Jones's grandma's <laughs> they have to like dust off the boxes you know grandma where is the foot soldier movies <laughs> oh god thank you Rob thank you Rob I feel like I'm not gonna enjoy this one I don't think anyone's gonna enjoy this film uh, oh well maybe it's funny oh, I think we'll have some fun regardless yeah. yeah thank you thank you for listening Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging. Yeah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.